every day you see them walk by. Maybe at work, maybe at the bar on the weekend, or maybe even in your own home. In fact, it's basically unavoidable. Research shows that over 70% of men in the U.S. struggle with things like depression, anxiety, or suicidal thoughts and actions. Even more startling than that, 40% of those will never talk about it to anyone else. Our society is built around this concept that men are not allowed to struggle or show any weaknesses, that we have to have everything figured out by shoving all of our emotions and feelings down so far that we forget they even exist. This is an epidemic that has to end. Please, somebody help me. Welcome to That's Not Going Anywhere, the men's mental health podcast encouraging our listeners to start those difficult conversations, to raise your hand and say, me too. Please sit back, enjoy, and thank you so much for listening and for your support. Today's going to be a little bit more raw of an episode. My wife and I are actually sitting at a spa chilling. I've got maybe a half a cup of chalky milk in a jug that I'm drinking. We're just sitting here and just chilling. Figured we'd talk a little bit about mental illness with parenting. Um, I apologize for last week missing the episode, but, but every now and then everyone needs a little bit of a break. So that's what we did. Took a little bit of a break and we are ready to get back into it. I've got Samantha back with me again. Hey, yo. And we just wanted to talk a little bit, like I said, about parenting and mental illness, how you convey that to your children and talk about it with your kids without it being weird or uncomfortable and trying to help them understand things and even how it affects your own mental health and everything like that. So we're excited about this one. And disclaimer now, kids are by nature very curious, especially the younger they are. And it's up to the discretion of every parent of how much you tell your children you're going through. Obviously, you don't put everything on them like they're a little adult. You gotta still sure. let them have their childhood. But if they're asking questions, find a way to talk to them about it because that'll increase their empathy, it'll increase their compassion, mm-hmm. and you'll also bond a little more too. Absolutely. I know in our particular case, you and I know we've talked about this plenty, so we won't go into a ton more detail, but you and I both have mental illnesses of various shapes and sizes, and it's been really interesting to see how a two-slash-three-year-old's brain interprets all of it. Oh, he might as well be three. He may as well be three at this point, you're right, but it's really interesting to see how he's trying to interpret everything that he's seeing one because he's three and he's trying to learn everything for the first time but two mental illness is such a complicated thing and he has done such a good job learning that and i think in part that's credited to you because you do just a really good job of communicating the simplicity of mommy or daddy's brain is sick or you know, it's a tough day or daddy is sad because X, Y, Z or whatever that looks like. And I think you have a lot of grace and understanding and that I don't think I would have been able to come up with on my own. And so I really appreciate that about you for sure. Yeah. 
but it's been really neat to see him try and grasp those things and try and learn those things from both mommy's and daddy's perspective. And even I'm very pregnant at this point. Like, yes. we've got maybe four weeks left, four to four to eight weeks. Eight weeks. <laughs> uh, like, he'll ask questions about how the baby is, and he started to notice. I'm starting to have a few Braxton Hicks, and I'll be uncomfortable for a little bit. I'll randomly to sit down. And he's had questions, so I've just told him, oh, this is our baby practicing how to get out. And every now and again, I'll have to lie on the bed or do something else because it's so uncomfortable. And he will stop what he's doing, and he'll come over and be, it's okay, Mommy, it's okay, Hmm. just breathe. It's because he's heard me do that a few times. I'll be sitting there on the bed or something. Just I'm having practice contractions, and I'll just be like, "All right, just hold my hand, breathe. You'll be fine. Breathe through it." Because they're a great opportunity for those of you that are not parents yet to practice. <laughs> That's what they're there for, right? They're oh, practice yeah. contractions. Your body's getting ready to deliver a five to seven and a half pound human into the world, and it's crazy. But his emotional state. I've noticed he's very tender-hearted. I think a lot of that is due to the way that we treat him or the way that he is interpreting the world therein. He watches how we treat each other despite the illness. Yes, he does. There's been a big journey on our part in the last five years. Mm -hmm. I guess five to eight since we've known each other really. The understanding of We both have our own issues and own illnesses and everything, and that's been a growing journey for us. But we've never hid that from him. I think that's a big thing, not intentionally holding anything from him. If I'm having a bad day or something, we don't feel afraid to just say, Daddy's brain is sick today or Daddy's really sad today because that's what bipolar does to you. makes you happy, sad, excited, anxious, confused, and everything. And he just has started to even pick up on those emotional cues. If he'll come in the morning, he'll be sitting there and he'll just say, Daddy's sad. Daddy's sad today. He's usually pretty accurate. Mm -hmm. And either myself or you will usually confirm or deny that. But he's getting really a lot of empathy Mm -hmm. toward people built up. And even outside of home, I've noticed he does that a lot. Oh, yeah. And the dark side of it, too, is that even though you communicate all this with your kid, you still have a hard time dealing with it yourself. Because, again, you've got another spouse. And this is what I was texting people earlier. I was talking about Mm. this subject with them. As a mom especially, mom and wife especially, you are someone's safe place. Very much. They can come to you at any time. Sometimes you want a safe place to go to and society's taught women especially you can't have that right now you just have to wait it out no matter how you feel and that's why communication is important too absolutely but it also leaves you feeling very tired and stuff in the last couple years as things were building up mental health wise Mm -hmm. i do remember you at one point saying you felt like a lot of it imploded after our son was born yeah kids tend to stir the pot a little bit (laughs) they really shake things up and make you restructure your entire being around this tiny human and i think that was definitely part of it 
he helped and he continues to help, but also it's another thing to throw into the mix. And a long time with mental health, what you want and what you're looking for is stability and a newborn baby slash a three-year-old or anything but stable in one sense. In another sense, though, there are times where this kid just... I don't know if it's God's intervention speaking to his little mind and heart or what, but sometimes he just knows exactly what to say. At three years old, he knows exactly when he needs to come and give you a snuggle or a hug and a kiss, and it's just weird how good he's gotten at that, even just trying to help mommy and daddy through their mental health. And I also remember you talking about how um, there was this idea that this little being, this child, depends on you, and then that's this added, not necessarily pressure, but that idea of how do I do this when I am inadequate. Yes. And that, that continues as they get older, because you go through different stages with them. Absolutely, and that's even when I started going on my own mental health journey was when I found out that you were pregnant. Mm -hmm. And I remember I started to get counseling because I wanted to fix myself so I could pour into my son. So I got counseling, I started some various medications, come to find out it was the wrong diagnosis. It may even be better that I didn't figure it out I'm still not saying I've figured it out by any means. It's a journey, right? Mm -hmm. It's like a lifelong journey, but much more so now than before. But he has encouraged me to try and get some kind of control over my mental health to the point that at least I can function as a normal person instead of having to just rely on, I gotta get through today, I gotta get through today. And I can start looking forward to things and spending time with my son and my wife at home and going on adventures and planning vacations. And I think having kids kind of helps you reopen your childhood's eyes and seeing that wonder for things for the first time again and see the shock and wonder on a kid's face. It makes you rethink things and really want to be a better person mm -hmm. and do better. And we're expecting a second kid now, and that's going to change. Again, especially because these kids are two different genders. And how do you raise that despite a bipolar dad, anxious mom? Yeah, there's a lot more at play when you have mental illness with kids than there would be otherwise a lot more at play because I know we talked a couple weeks ago about your anxiety kids cause anxiety man just oh, yeah. period <laughs> they are a lot of fun but they're also very stressful mm -hmm. and that of course causes bipolar flare-ups and stuff too and from the anxiety side there's some days where I just look at the stairs and all I see is my son tumbling down them and cracking his head open on the sidewalk. Which has yet to happen, thank goodness, and I don't think is going to happen, but a lot about how the stress of seeing that happen would be one thing, but the anxiety portion is not being able to let go of that, however rational or irrational that fear may be. That's just part of anxiety. You're always trying to jump in the way of the train coming to destroy the world or whatever that looks like. Now, obviously, if you're not in a good place mentally to help your kid or to communicate with them, 
then find a safe place for them. Mm-hmm. Make sure that they are taken care of by somebody else that you trust. And then you can go and take care of yourselves before you're ready again. That's not to say you're not going to be completely fixed. But it's the idea of understanding what's going on with you. Learning how to build a routine day by day. With it before you can go back to your child and say, this is why... I had to leave for a while. And that's not trying to say if you have a mental health issue, you should leave your children. But if you're genuinely in such a tough spot that you're having, for example, suicidal thoughts, or you are so depressed that you can't get out of bed, that's a great time to call somebody and have them take your kid for the day, right? Work on yourself. If it's causing issues in your marriage, do a little at-home retreat with your spouse. Those are really important and really easy to forget. I know we're bad about that still. And to remember that you have to take time for each other still to check in on each other and help each other. And it's a journey and it's tough to get through, but it's very worth it, I think. And being raw about it and showing your kids your mileage may vary, but... For us, I feel like has really helped our dynamic with our son because we're not afraid to hide if we're having a tough time from him. We're showing him people struggle, people have hard times, and that is completely normal. That's okay. Mm-hmm. And again, we're not trying to say this is the right way to do it or this is the wrong way to do it. This is just our own experience that we just wanted to share with you all. There was one day, maybe a year and a half ago or so, I don't remember what led up to this, but that whole day I had been avoiding you and I didn't want to talk to you for any reason. You were at an especially low point and you hadn't been saying anything. And finally, when I got home, I just started a fight and we don't have very many yelling fights. And while we didn't necessarily hide it from our kid, we did try to be civil, lower our voices, turn on the TV for him. But he's a kid, so he was distracted and could see mom and dad working our way through it. I think a lot of the stigma these days is it goes in multiple generations, I've noticed. One generation, you try and shelter your kids from all of the negativity. And the next one, you expose them too much. And the next one, you do the opposite and it bounces back and forth. But I feel like we're trying at least to find a happy medium of People don't always get along. This is not a perfect world. We are not a perfect family, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. But I think talking things out or even sometimes being in a slightly heated argument, it's hard to say if it's healthy for them or not healthy for them, but I don't think it's really hurting anything, especially if you follow it up with a conversation with your kids. Hey, mommy and daddy, we're arguing. Did you hear that? Yeah or no, or whatever that answer may be from this little wonderful child. And of course, it depends on how often you fight. Sure. But to be able to pause the TV and sit down, mommy was frustrated at daddy because X, Y, Z, and daddy was frustrated at mommy because X, Y, Z, but we were able to talk about it. And we even got a little angry at each other, but we were able to talk about it and we were able to say, I'm sorry, both of us, and we are better for it now. And that's another part of mental health that kids need to understand is that you have to learn to apologize and you have to learn to forgive. 
and not hold grudges. And that's something I personally struggle with, I think, is subconsciously holding things against people. Because we work through that, I think that's what's helped build up his sense of empathy. And it's why he'll go so far as he'll hear a friend is sick and he'll want to make them a nice little Mm -hmm. picture. That's right. I forgot he does that. Mm-hmm. Anytime a friend is sick or someone's not feeling well, he'll go, Oh no, why are they sick? And he's just got such a big heart. I don't know where he got it from. <laughs> Certainly wasn't for me. It's probably your side. We've got this new little one coming soon. There's a lot of stressors surrounding that because we don't have a ton of time left. Speaking of, we need to pack a go bag. <laughs> <laughs> Once you get to that one month mark, it's a good idea to have a go bag. But I know from my point of view, there's a lot of stress around work and how my team is going to do while I'm out because I won't have access to any of the tools or anything that I would need to help them. But I need to start prepping them now for the time that I'm going to be out. And there's a lot of stress surrounding that because I may have as little as four weeks, as much as eight weeks. And then a high-stress environment in sales, that's not a lot of time. And then I know with your anxiety, there's other things surrounding childbirth. Yeah, all little details that you want to make sure are in place before you go in. And then just the whole process of going through it, too. Yeah, it's quite the process. (laughs) (sighs) Human body can do amazing things. Until you witness it firsthand, it's scary. It's still scary even during it. But mm-hmm. it's just amazing, though, to see these little minds being shaped by every action that you take and every word that you say and everything that you do. And it feels like everything that you think, which, again, is why I think it's important to not keep them from being exposed to mental health issues or conversations or if they ask if you're sad or why you're sad not to just say oh just because but to really talk to them give them a reason that's how they're gonna learn about life and mental health and anxiety and mature in those areas and in the end what it does for your family is it can start or break a good or bad cycle mm-hmm. and then your kid will be able to pass that on to their kids their family their relationships every day the cycles thing we talk about that a lot but that's really what it is that kind of if you remember back to episode one that spiral that's going up you have the ups and downs as you make progress toward an end goal but that's definitely relevant with parenting too because you're going to have those good and bad moments and Don't be afraid to apologize to your kids either. I know I've seen that a lot where parents expect their kids to apologize to them but not apologize to their kids. But I think it's important if you have a snap or a moment where you screw up, it's important to be able to go to your kids later and sit down and be like, hey, we need to talk. Daddy is sorry. You didn't do anything at all wrong, but Daddy was having a really tough time. I messed up and I got upset at you when I shouldn't have, so I'm sorry. And being able to have the courage to do that is really important. And again, they see that, they'll interpret it, and they will eventually live it, mm-hmm. too. You can't be afraid to show weakness. Not saying that mental illness is weakness, yeah. necessarily, but 
There I is guess. a stigma of you have to hide it. Yes. But the more you hide it, even when you're getting help, the more it destroys you. It's like an addiction. It's weird because mental health and addiction have a lot more similarities than I thought after listening to this, which we will have a three-part series on addiction coming up. We're, we're planning that one right now. It's going to be some good info there with some really special guests. But there's so much similarity between those that if you keep too quiet about it, eventually you're going to lose friends over it and people aren't going to understand what's happening and your kids aren't going to understand and it breaks things apart. That's not to say there's not a time and a place to talk about things like mental health or addiction. There absolutely is. But I'd say eight times out of ten hiding those things will only go to make it worse eventually. Thanks everyone for listening. We really appreciate y'all and this journey that we're on with this. And if y'all have more questions, you want to hear more about married life and mental illness or kids and mental illness or whatever, just shoot us an email. You can go to tngacast.com, click on contact us. You can email me, Caleb at tngacast.com, email Andy at tngacast.com. If you have any questions, hop on our Facebook page, shoot us a message, anything like that. But we really appreciate y'all listening. Thank you so much for listening to That's Not Going Anywhere. We're so excited to continue this journey and hope that we've been able to shine a little more light on mental health. For more information on mental health or on our show, you can visit tngacast.com, drop us an email at tngamedia at gmail.com, or you can text or call us at 615-616-TNGA. Stay healthy, be well, and God bless.